0: Hello, this is Speaks Loud Than Words, episode 20, and I'm your host, Dave Reed. Coming up, you'll hear our talk with songwriters Jim Irvine and Julian Emery. Now, in this podcast, you'll hear how they became songwriting partners. But to give you some context, they've worked with Michael Gray, Lana Del Rey, Simple Plan, Chloe Howe, McFly, Matt Willis, Gabrielle Aplin, Groove Armada, Atomic Kitten, Lissy, Boyzone, and Julian has even strummed guitar strings for Taylor Swift. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash WarnerChapelUK and on Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel and our YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Music. Don't forget, Chapel is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Well, guys, thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us on the podcast. But Could you just uh, introduce yourselves?
1: I'm Julian Emery and... I am Jim Irvin's regular writing partner. <laughs> I'm Jim Irvin. And I'm
0: Julian Emery's regular writing partner. So, from what I understand, you both of you uh, are independently <coughs> songwriters. Yes. But you have, you, are, you you just said you know you're writing partners. How did that come about? Well,
2: we met on a Warner Chapel uh, writing camp in New Yorker, didn't
0: we? Yeah,
1: which is now known as the uh, the Noah's Ark of writing camps because there were two people from every, uh, com- pretty much every country in Europe at this camp in Spain, and mm. two Norwegians, two um, French. French yeah. Was yeah, that just by knows.
0: chance or was it... Was it No. Uh, it, was it was set
1: up that way. Oh, right. Uh, yeah.
0: It
2: was quite bizarre.
1: And we all got in a boat and there was a mad storm <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> no. we, um, really, or...? Was no, 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 there wasn't. I, I mean, I that, don't know. Was the original nose up. The, yeah, oh, well, I know, but I just But
2: yeah, so there was two from every country in Europe, and we were the British contingent, we'd never met each other before. And uh, and obviously we bonded because we were the only one speaking English Yeah. Um, at first. But then we discovered everyone could speak English, more or less, and, and it was a fantastic uh, event, really, because we were all in the same boat, you know figuratively, because <laughs> uh, nobody knew who each other was and and, and didn't know your reputations or your skills, and you just sort of started and just got on with it. Mm. And it
1: was great, it was really good. But um, we didn't actually work together, did we?
2: Um, we did one little thing, didn't we? I think you did a right for or something. Right or at the something. End. yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Um,
2: but then, having met each other, we kind of hooked up when we came back to, to Britain. Um, and I remember saying to my manager, oh, I met this great guy, let's get him in for some things. And I think the first... First or second thing we did together was uh, working with Lissy, and uh, f- I think the second song we wrote together was, was "When I'm Alone" with her. Okay. So we thought, hello, there's something here. This is good." So, um, what year was this?
0: 2008. Was it? Yeah. So that was at five, six years ago. It wasn't that yeah, long ago, ago then? Yeah. But and it has been a good writing relationship ever since. Yeah, it's yeah. been
2: it's been very good. And we we go to um, LA together regularly, uh, sort of two weeks. Uh, Stints writing out with people over there, so we've we've operated on both sides of the world. Mm.
0: Mm. I was going to say, you know, we we've done a few of these podcasts. We have spoken to some artists who are duos and uh, groups, but never actually two writers together who actively and continually write together. And mm. so it might be interesting to just look into that a little bit. Um, do you feel like there's many things that you uh, have that you've learnt from the other person?
1: Yeah, definitely uh, for me, because I was more music. Uh, a melody based working with Jim a lot I got to see how more how a lyric is forged and understood the importance of a lyric more of which I of course I knew it was important but not to the extent as I do now mm. and um, yeah it was it's nice the way we settled into a, a, a procedure isn't it yeah and a, a ritual and we kind of obviously know each other so well now that we'll we know each other's space a bit we still bicker a little bit yeah um but we don't really step on each other's toes
2: in terms of what we're what we're focusing on in the process and it's interesting i mean i've always found this fascinating what different people listen out for in a song what makes a good song for some people you know and i've always been about the, the the words and the melody and the singer's tone and everything and jules has always been about the guitar tone and the chord changes and the, the mood of the thing and it's a very diff- they're very different areas so um, and obviously we appreci- we both appreciate those other things as well mm. um, Jules is really good at, at recording vocalists and knows how to get a good performance out of people really good timing the tracks always groove really well um, and we've both got different things that we we bring to the party so uh, that's why we've stuck together really because mm. we we know what what we can do for one another.
1: Oh, I think we squabble um, melodically with the top line, the melody, don't we? Yeah. We, we, we we battle it out. <laughs> we have shootouts. We do shootouts on, on melodies, yeah.
2: We've both got s- slightly different... I always moan that Jules's melodies all sound a bit like Bon Jovi.
1: Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> that's a bit offence. I love Bon Jovi, oh. but they don't all sound like Bon Jovi at all. <laughs> no, they that's don't. That's just your stock insult. <laughs> And uh, and I'm sure he's got yeah. You
2: know, Jim's doing his indie rock thing again or something, you know. Yeah. That the, there are the, uh, there are things we default to as people always do, and that's another good reason to collaborate with people because you take each other places where you 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 wouldn't go on your own, you know. Yeah. And, but I think the other thing is when you do see a progression. You you do notice um, a development. I think we've we've kind of there's been a bit of a quantum leap recently where you suddenly think oh now now we've We've gone from being experienced individually Mm. to being experienced as a unit.
0: Do you find you get um, protective over your work at all, individually, or or whilst you're working together, you think, oh, I I really do like that melody line? Mm.
1: Um, We do get protective, but we battle it out. And I think, actually, from almost day one, we've um, been a bit confrontational with, with each other. In, in a good way, so we get to battle it out at the time instead of resenting it afterwards, um, and that that intensifies on some sessions. And um, uh, but generally, I, I think it works well, doesn't it? Also, mm-hmm. I think it's disarming for the artist too, because and I, I I now like working in a three much better than the two, especially because I get I have I um, I'm on Pro Tools all the time I'm on a computer of playing. I've usually got my back turned to the artist, um, and I know Jim's there talking about the lyric and mm. um, keeping the momentum going, so I can interject at various times without feeling feeling am like taking myself away from the mm. from the session. Uh, yeah, I'd say it's disarming for the artist. It's good actually for them to see a bit of squabble and that we're um, we care about it. We care about <laughs> it in in the room, and there's no underlying tension so so we'll battle it out and that I think that's a bit of an asset I
2: can't, I'm just trying to think I can't think of an occasion when I've had what I thought was an amazing idea mm-hmm. that was trampled that's on and wasn't used you know we both have been doing it long enough to know if someone comes up with the right melody we will both go, around and that's the one yeah, yeah 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 I don't think we've ever kind of gone no mine's better than yours no it's
1: it's always respectful it's always yeah. a, a respectful line isn't it yeah, yeah.
2: We, we tend to argue about things like um, I will, I'm very watchful of trying to trying to be original and if a melody starts to stray too close to something that's recently in the charts or something, well, oh, that's a little bit,
0: you know, Jules go, oh, that's, that's great, come on. Or even if it's not recently in the charts. Um, um, do you find, do you think, oh, you're in a session and you're with an artist or you, no, you're just writing a song, oh, I wish the other one was here, do you know? They, they, I know that this would really bounce well off them yeah
1: I I feel like that sometimes in sessions I think yeah actually yeah it'd be good to have Jim here and not only for the ideas but for the dynamic usually if I'm on a just a one on one session Uh, and then we'll run I I run songs that we've done with other people by each other will not we yeah Um, but again I think we've both been doing it long enough and we're old enough I'm sure this is, a, is um, reflective of the other, other writers you talk to they'll say that as you get older and the more you do it the less precious you get and slightly more businesslike about it of course when you first start writing you think every I used to, well certainly from my experience I used to have an idea that I'd knock around for quite, quite a few months and it'd really be my baby and um, it'd be very precious to me I wouldn't want anyone to touch it or meddle with it and of course, the more you do, the less precious you get, don't yeah. you? And, and I know that um, both I, of us are coming from a good place. When we... Yeah,
2: and I can't really do that with, with lyrics. I mean, I sometimes have melodies that I'll kind of keep in my mind for a while, but I tend to tailor all the things that we write to whoever's there in the room. So I don't really do bring, I don't come in with prepared material or anything. I do it all live in the room. uh, With the artist, Um, and and I think if you're working with somebody else, you tailor it to whatever it is that they are capable of. So I don't occasionally go, oh, you know, Jules wouldn't have taken so long doing this, or Jules would have done something else here that would have been a bit groovier, or you have a better drum sound or something. But I'm respectful of whoever I'm working with, and you're kind of tailoring it to what they're capable of,
0: and Mm -hmm. whoever you're writing. Four is, you know, what they, what they need. So, say an artist has come in to see you guys, and you've got a session together. Um, how does the session start?
2: Uh, usually, Jules will tell a terrible joke, <laughs> lighten the mood a bit.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, it's nice not to talk about music for a while. I feel a bit mischievous at the beginning of the session, <laughs> <laughs> which you which you're bound to do because. It's an unnatural environment for everyone to be in, and um, also it just seems a bit hammy just playing straight into a session going right. You Um, know how they were at school, there was always someone that came in the classroom with their bag on their head or something and
2: just went straight into an act, you know, as a go, touches the light, oh, here we go, school again. That's what Jules
1: does. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and of course. Actually yeah, I do I'd say you, have you know, we both your my bag, parents. <laughs> no, I, I don't um I not put a bag on my head but I do have a good collection of dad jokes
0: of which I
1: yeah I I stockpile and then uh,
0: that's your best one.
1: Well my favourite joke is why do scuba divers jump backwards out of boats? Go on then. As if, if they jump forwards they still be in the boat. <laughs> No, of course, like usually eighty percent of people will just go that's that's not funny, yeah, but twenty good twenty percent'll f- roll around laughing, so yeah, that, so if
0: funny. you know if you, if the artist is rolling around laughing, you know, hey, yeah, usually not,
1: but. yeah but, um yeah, well do a session usually starts with finding out about each other, doesn't it so yeah. we can talk for li- literally hours at the beginning of session just to uh, familiarise yourself. Well,
2: it's important to know what the artist wants out of the mm. out of the arrangement, um, how they like to work. We listen to things that they've done with other people, just sort of particularly if they feel that one or two of those songs are, are on the money. You know, this is going to be on the album, we really like this, so you listen to that and go try and work out where their head's at. Um, and obviously, from my point of view, you need to, t- to sort of get into their heads so that you can start to think about the kinds of... of of lyrics that they might want to want to sing sometimes i'll make notes as we're doing that you know put stuff down or sometimes we we'll just just listen to them and just remember the stories that they're talking about a case in point recently has been the we, we work with chloe howe who's uh who, who's just coming out in columbia mm. wrote a song with her called rumour and that was all about the thing she just basically left school when we started working with her so she was just talking about all the kind of stuff that went on at, at school, yeah, and uh, and the kind of stories that, that circulate in the in the common room or whatever, you know, and, yeah. and that's what we were that's what we wrote the song about, um, and so that's the kind of thing that you would you, you would do regularly with a, with an artist.
1: It's usually, when Jim's talking to the artist, I'll start just to put some backing ideas or. Prepared ideas I've got down. I'll start noodling on the guitar in the mm. hope that the artist says, "Oh, what was that?" Inkling? "Oh,
0: yeah." Does that work? N- no.
1: <laughs> no. It, yeah. Sometimes. It it, sometimes it, yeah, I can I, imagine it could work. It yeah. It does. Yeah. No, it because does. the the the, the uh, su- subtext for that is that I, you know, we all know I, we're waiting to write a song. So yeah. if I'm playing some instrumental bit or an idea that. It's, it's easier than just running, um, you know, five ideas past someone and saying, do you like this one? No? Nope. All right. A little bit, but not a lot. All right. The next one. And I, and that's, um, I, I think it's important to take the formality out of the writing room, right? Ideally, you just all go for a run or something, go to a park, go to the cinema, watch a film, <laughs> and it rather than just come let it
0: eat into the session time yeah
1: well it does eat into session time yeah but that's that's another
0: have you ever been to the cinema
2: well we haven't but jules always used to suggest it when we first started writing because that had been his experience i think that's how he'd written songs previous (laughs) to to our relationship (laughs) (laughs) he'd done
1: everything well i i I was working a lot with jason guy called jason perry and um, Uh we spent a good, good couple of years together nearly every day writing and um he always used to favourite guy <laughs> going to cinema, or going to Nando's or something, starting oh, yeah. a session, or with a great breakfast, and it's um, it's it good fun. It's great. It's a great way to start a day, of course, because, of course you've got to enjoy the the journey, of course. And, just about and you relax a little bit more, maybe as well. So. Yeah. So. When we wrote uh, "When I'm Alone"
2: with Lissy, we actually spent most of the day writing another song, which clearly wasn't going anywhere it was all right but it wasn't
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know rocking anyone's world and when we would kind of finished it and sort of went, <clears throat> <laughs> what do we do now you know it was like sort of four o'clock or something we went for a pizza got talking to her for a couple of hours she had some food she'd relax she got to know us trusted us a bit mm-hmm. more. came back wrote when i'm alone absolutely you know just
1: and i, I think there's something about labouring over an okay idea uh it's a bit like is it mulch that you put on Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the mulch you put on the flower bed for the flowers to come up. Yeah. Uh Philip Pullman described that when he goes to write a book. That's right, he just write write writes for anything it. for a while, doesn't yeah, it? Right yeah, right for the bin. And uh and there's something something happens, I can't I don't quite know why, but it does out of that because you've been you have this kind of monotonous idea and just for hours and hours trying to work something out of it and then suddenly it's like something in your Consciousness goes off and then bang you're into something.
2: And and quite often the moment you hear another idea, you're suddenly inspired because you've been listening to this other one for hours and hours and suddenly a whole fresh atmosphere, yeah, we'll just set something off, you know. It's like if you're sitting there struggling to come up with a, a line. It's nearly always this thing about the pre-chorus for the second verse or something is always a, st- a struggle to write because you you you've, you've basically exhausted your your concept after two verses mm-hmm. and then a chorus you're thinking what well, what one more thing we can say here yeah. on this thing. and if you have that if you've got to that point where you can't find the thing just go up and go for a walk and I guarantee you that as you walk down the road it'll pop into your head you know it's but if amazing. you sit there trying to kind of clench your brain and come out with it For two hours, it won't happen, you know. Mm. So sometimes just avoiding doing the work is the best work you can do, yeah, (laughs) because it just opens the channels, yeah, just sort of, yeah, gets the muscles ready to play, sort of thing.
0: It's a very strange notion, but it's very true. We've heard that many times on the podcast people just having to get out of this. The whole creative
2: process is odd, you know, it's a strange thing, and it has to be stimulated in certain ways and we don't necessarily know what inspires us when When you just do it for yourself when you're doing it at home or whatever or when you're in a band with, do it with writing songs for yourself you just do it and you don't think about oh I'm doing this now because but there are probably triggers there are probably things that mm. make you relaxed
1: enough mm. to, to do that I, I think the, the only way you can try and manipulate it because you don't know when a good idea is going to come is try and Try and um, manipulate a state in yourself. Of I, I find ideas come when I feel passionate and excited about music. If I've just been jumping around the room mm. to back in black, then I'm usually in a better frame of mind to come up with an idea than if I'm just, i am just paid my gas bill. Uh, YouTube and Spotify would be good for that, because if nothing's coming, you can start just playing songs... Um, playing your favourite songs, getting the artists to play them your, their favourite songs, you can see them getting a bit more animated. Mm. And if, I find, if you find a song that all three of us like and we're all yeah. getting off on it, you then feel inspired to write something of a similar ilk. Or um,
2: when I first started out, I remember often I would put on a song that I thought was completely awesome and I thought I'll never get to this stage. And I would play it and get all kind of worked up about why do I love this so much? This is really good. Why do I? Do and it would just sort of almost like something would explode out of you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't have anything to do with that song necessarily, but it would it would get you excited, and excited, emotional, yeah. Guess, emotional, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so that's what you're doing. you you're you're. It's like kind of energy transference, isn't it? You're getting an emotional kick off something, and it makes you want to give an emotional
0: kick out. And the most amazing thing is that. That kind of energy does spread around the room to people as well. The, mm. the, 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 it's an infectious kind of thing, yeah, isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Having said that, then sometimes some people respond to just sitting there in silence for for ages and then suddenly go, I've got it. You know, everybody works in a different way. So. True, yeah.
1: And that then about enables us to have either 40 winks or check our emails. and add Yeah, probably that would be pushing the boundaries too far. Yeah
0: you do
2: hear about it though don't you people that, that been a session off within a few minutes go no there's nothing happening here I'm off I've heard of certain famous writers who, are that, mm, <laughs> who have but that short attention yeah, span
1: yeah, yeah. yeah what are your thoughts on that I don't know really I mean there are uh, lots of times I think I, I always find writing sessions a bit strange in that I, I never really look forward to them much as I look forward to going to a studio to record instruments, and that's fun for some reason. Um, but actually, coming up with the an, an idea is hard. It's hard work internally. It's a bit painful to have to come up come up with something, and I find that a real hurdle to go get over. However, once you've got over it and you've got a good idea at the end of the day, I'm all g'd up and feel very fulfilled. Mm. So. Actually, leaving within the first half an hour, an hour probably not a good idea because there are many occasions. Where I thought, bloody, I'd like to go home, and then got to the end of the day and said that was fantastic. And Maybe of course,
0: a bit like Lizzie, you to you you work it. through it. Yeah, yeah. Right, I think,
2: I think, yeah. I think that that, that that that's definitely true. Well, we I mean, knew
1: she had a great voice, there Yeah. Was, I
2: mean, I, I come from a uh, from a sort of double background, whereas I've been in bands and Jules has been in bands as well. But then I also worked for. I was one of the founders of Mojo magazine. So I was used to being in an office and writing, Mm. being creative, trying to write, you know, reviews and articles and things with just phones going and people going around you. And and if you've had that, if you've done that kind of discipline or done anything under a kind of pressurized, then this is a piece of cake. I come to all the writing uh, sessions really looking forward to them. Mm. But I think yeah, th- there are occasions where you do just have to call it. You know, nope, we're not clicking. We've done that a few
1: times, but very respectfully. We've not had a s- yeah. We, yeah. We had one mile s- s- drop out, didn't we? Yeah. But uh, generally, it's all you know. It's not me. It's you.
2: So sometimes know. when people drop off, you s- discover subsequently that it was nothing to do with you. That there was problems in the in the band, or yeah, there was some other issue or you inevitably hear they've been dropped because the label can't deal with them or <laughs> something you know there's usually some, thing. some under underlying yeah. circumstances yeah. That, that have nothing to do with you and we like to think that most people that work with us enjoy it and get get something from it mm. and go away with something that they're proud of you know
0: you're saying you worked at the magazine yeah so is your background a journalist
2: well, I started out in bands. So in the in the eighties, I was in, in in a band called Furniture. Um, and we had this song called Brilliant Mind that was that people seem to still love,
1: of which was we supposed to perform at my 40th birthday, but um, couldn't make. No, and we I've learnt, learnt it, it and, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I had a couple of um, a couple of forty somethings am really looking forward to. Seeing him perform as well,
2: which would have been weird because I haven't actually sung the song for like twenty-three years or something. But anyway, I was it was I was snowed in. I was stuck in Brighton because of the it was uh, when there was that terrible blizzards
1: I'm gonna organise something else though. Okay. Um, so you, I better start rehearsing. Yeah, yeah. you're not
2: completely getting it. Yeah, okay. And so I came from a band background, and I, you know, done two or three albums of my own stuff, and I felt by the end of that that I'd done it. You know that 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 was enough of pleasing myself that I expunged whatever it was I needed to, mm. to say. But I still wanted to write. I still loved the writing process. I still loved being in studios. I still loved working with musicians. Because I don't actually play anything. That's the other thing. Some people think you've got to be able to That
0: is interesting, be an yeah.
1: incredible musician. Play, you play your iPad. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, <so. yeah. laughs> play my iPad. How many applications do you have on your iPad? Oh, uh, it, well how, over a dozen. Yeah, because I keep hearing new sounds every <laughs> session. We'll be working and then I'll hear...
0: He's playing uh, with different apps he's just downloaded, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah um, high mood sound, and I think, oh, is my MIDI playing up? Yeah, it's no, just, it's just me. So I come at
2: it from a, from a, a weird thing. you know. I, most of my songwriting heroes were great lyricists mm. or, or the, the, the kind of Sinatra-era people, Johnny Mercer and
1: those kinds of people, the, the, the ones I, I grew up on. And then I, the stuff I grew up on um I didn't know what the singers were actually singing, yeah, um so I'd sing rough approximations of what I thought they were saying <laughs> I, I still like the way words sound, and I love like, you know I love singers and and whatnot, but um they uh, yeah, that's interesting difference between
2: us, and usually, the intersection with an artist is that they will relate to one or both of those approaches. And I think even if someone's a really strong top liner themselves, it's great to be in the room with someone that does that and try and raise your game, you know. It's great batting stuff backwards and forwards with someone that that can do it. Um, and so uh, people that have worked with us generally appreciate
1: that, having both those sides of the
2: process taken care yeah. of. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what's your background?
1: Well, I was a session guitar player. Well, I I'd been in bands and tried to get signed, and it I didn't happen for me. Although well, I tried very hard, but it didn't it didn't work out. And then um, I got my first kind of pop gig with Atomic Kitten, and uh, which was brilliant because um, there were good songs, and the band were just great company and really nice guys. We had the time of our lives. It's just fantastic. And um, so I did that for, for I don't know, three or four years and then got the opportunity to... I was playing with Kim Marsh and I did a B-side for her. Um, I was playing guitar for her and we, we got on great. And uh, I convinced her to let me do the B-side and then through that I got to meet Paul Adam at Mercury at the time. And then, um, around about the same time, a friend of mine, Jason Perry, who I mentioned earlier, mm. his band A had just um, disbanded, and he was looking to write with Matt Willis, the band busted had split yeah. up, and then he gave me a call, and we both kind of went en masse to convince Paul Adam <laughs> to let us do the entire producer, write the, the whole album um, with Matt. So that was how I, how I got into the right production. Mm after that other, you know the acts follow but you yeah. had a couple of number ones with McFly, as well, right? yeah, yeah. McFly yeah. yeah yeah, yeah yeah um, and uh, yeah that's and then we were together for about three years before I met before I met Jim and,
2: and I came to Warner Chapel in 2001 2002 that kind of time I was concentrating on on dance music then I was writing a lot of stuff in that world and had a hit with uh, DJ called Michael Gray, uh, the the song The Mm. Weeknd. And that kind of propelled me into the kind of pop arena a bit more uh, and I felt that I wanted to get back to the kind of rock-pop area rather than sticking with the dance world. Because the dance world's great but quite limiting. You know, you can only write, I want to take you higher so many times, you know what I mean? There's not as many things you can write about, I don't think. Hey, at least that's a positive message say, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah But um, w- and we kind of met at that point where we were both looking f- to change what we were doing so it was a good, good fortuitous time really mm.
0: He's like stood out and, and the song's been such a strong song and you've just been like that was a great session that's a great song I really enjoyed my time with that artist Do you have one that sticks out?
2: I'm going to say something really cheesy here I, there are very few songs that that I haven't, at the time, thought this is amazing, you know, you know what I mean, that's part of the job is to really believe in it while you're, while you're mm. doing it. When you come out and after a while it's clear that certain, certain songs are better than others, and actually you do nearly always know when you've written a smash or written something that's amazing. I think we knew immediately when we did When I'm Alone that that felt really good and you know that's been a great song for us. Uh, opened a lot of doors and and has been really good. We've just done something recently with this new band that we really liked uh, that we're we're about to record with them and everybody's really buzzy about it and it's feeling really, really strong. So we're really looking forward to, to that. I think you're always looking forward. I don't think you ever go, I've written my best work.
1: You're always hoping that the, mm. the, the best it's, songs it's in the future, you, you know. We both say When I'm Alone though, when we? we it was just a good, great feeling the, at the end of the day, thinking, well, wow, that's, we really love that, and it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna do well, or it's, you know, we've People accomplished like our this. Yeah. yeah, good, but we've had a few, we've had a few songs uh, like that, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, this one we just done recently, uh, the band called Nothing But Thieves, is, uh, we've, we've got that sense on that song as well, Um, Simple Plan we remember writing astronaut. yeah Yeah, that that was really good that was great Um, and Spark, Michelle Marge which hasn't come out yet which hasn't come out
2: so uh, and I mean and that's an issue I don't know how how many people have talked about this but the, the 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 rhythm of the job is very strange as well sometimes you can write something and get very excited about it and then it sits on the shelf for two or three years mm. before it comes out because you've sometimes if you write with an artist early, they haven't actually got a deal yet. So it takes them about six to eight months to get a deal. Then it takes another sort of year for them to make the record and for it to come out, and then you know another year for anything to happen. You know, or for your single to be the third one off the record or something, and then to get paid. The, Let's not get into all of that. It can take a long time for these things to kind of uh, to to work themselves out. So you don't really know. We may have written our most lucrative song mm. of all time already, and, and we don't know. You can't always tell. Mm. Sometimes, you know, you, you'll, you'll write something that you'll know is just a great little song that's not a worldwide smash, but it's a good piece of work that you're really mm. proud of. I mean, I think we did that with... Um, we've got a song on Gabriel Aplin's album um, called Start of Time which as soon as we'd done that, we said, yeah, this is a really sweet little song and it works really well and it suits her really well and it was perfect for the moment and she likes it too, you know. So that's always really pleasing when you feel you've, you've got something uh, on target like that.
0: Well, thank you guys very much for agreeing to do the podcast. It was great talking Pleasure. to you. You are a very fun pair as well. You've got great thank jokes you. in- and your jokes, they're not bad.
1: So. Yeah, well, you, do, you only got one of them. Well, yeah,
0: um, we're like, gonna hit you know, here's for the last one, and we'll,
1: and we'll end. No, oh, yeah, right, yeah I'm um, gone in. Low rings up at June said, "I'd like to be able to do the splits." And the guy says, "Well,
0: how flexible are you?" Are you? he said, "I can't do Tuesdays or Thursdays." <laughs> and I think we'll end it with there. Thanks, guys. Jim and Julian are great guys, and they are really funny. I can imagine if I was to work with them, they would put me at ease quite quickly. I should think working with artists and emotions on a regular basis is a really tough thing, and yet they have managed to maintain their relationship really well. It's always heartening to see a friendship that can withstand the rigors of songwriting. Until next time.